Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Looking forward to having a, uh, a permanent home with a stable, stable table. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Anyone happy? Anyone really happy? Come on. Anybody got room for more of Jesus? Wow, that, that worship was amazing. So good. I, uh, I just love to get lost in worship, which it makes, makes this a difficult place to preach in because you go from that and then you have to pull your thoughts together and say something. But uh, sometimes we should just, I think we should just keep worshiping. Just let the, let the rest fall where it may. But we got some exciting stuff happening. God is uh, on the move. Amen. Uh, God is doing incredible things, breaking out left, right, and center. Every week people are getting born again. Every week people are getting healed. Every week people are getting set free. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we love, we love you, Jesus. And uh, it's just increasing, amen? I feel, uh, I feel like there's a powerful season shift that is upon us, and I'm going to speak into that a little bit tonight, but we are, we've been so blessed to be in this place where we are, both physically, uh, uh, but also spiritually, you know, three years old as a church, and uh, God's doing some incredible things. Um, people are, like I just said, people are getting saved. We got teams going out every week, getting people saved every week. We have an incredible transformation center where people are getting set free every week. <laughs> we have marriages being restored, bodies being healed. God is showing up day in and day out. Why? Because he's good. And there's a people that believe that he is good. <laughs> and the good news about the goodness of God is that it just keeps getting better. That he that he takes us from glory to glory. And by God's design, he's not done. He's just getting started. And he's got so much more for us in store. Going to get an amen to that. <laughs> and, you know, we believe that, that a, a real part of this increase this next season that God has provided for us to have our own our own home, our own building permanent, and this place has been such a blessing, Antioch letting us use this facility. They've been incredible uh, to work with, uh, but we, we are busting at the seams every way with, with uh, programs and outreaches and schools and, and, and tech schools and <laughs> you name it, and we just need more, more space, more access, more time uh, just to, to do all that God's put on our heart. We just double the size of our office space, and it's already too small. We just moved in this week, and it's already, we're at max capacity already. But that's because God is good. <laughs> and he's just going to keep taking us from glory to glory. Um, but we're about to move into our brand new worship center uh, in, a, in the coming weeks. And 
Um, it's an exciting season, and we believe that this is part of, of what God is positioning for the explosion that he's got planned. Thank you, Jesus. And we want to we position ourselves to uh, capture and be in a line with all that God is doing. How many people know it's not God's job to line himself up with us? It's our job to line up with God. And God is speaking promises, doing powerful things. <laughs> I, love, I love that God speaks and that we get to tune our ear, our hearing ear to what he is saying. That we get on his train, not the other way around. And, uh, and even tonight in worship, the, a spirit of intercession was just being released in the spirit. And we're saying, yes, God, we're grabbing a hold of this. But as we move into this new facility, we felt called as a, as a team um, to, to go into a season of 40 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to talk about that, and I want to invite us as a body, as a congregation, to join in, uh, partnering with the Lord in this season, this 40 days of prayer and fasting, to lay a foundation in the Spirit for God to do something powerful, something beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine, that we would lay a foundation that says, God, surprise us in just how good you really are. And so we want to we invite you into this, this season with us. And, and we felt from the Lord, we're praying, and, and, you know, we just moved into our offices this week, like I said, and, you know, getting things organized. And we're praying, like, when should we start this fast? And we felt like off, the offices are closed on Monday, and so we're open Tuesday. And so we felt like next week on Tuesday is when we were supposed to start this 40 days of prayer and fasting. At that moment, we didn't realize that that was, that that was Rosh Hashanah. With Jahi and Kess were just up here sharing out the Jewish New Year. We, we picked by the guidance of the Lord to start on the Jewish New Year. Thank you, Jesus. It starts, uh, the Jewish calendar, uh, it starts, day starts at sundown. So Monday it's sundown from sundown to sundown, but Tuesday is the first full day of, of Rosh Hashanah. And so we're starting by the leading of the Lord, we're starting this 40 days of prayer and fasting on the Jewish New Year. Thank you, Jesus. Then, we didn't realize that at first, and then we're like, and so, sorry, so next week, starting Tuesday through Friday, uh, we're doing an hour and a half of, of prayer and worship every morning, and we're going to be live streaming it to our community page. So you can join in if you're available at that time, if, you, if you're working at that time, like you can go back and watch it. But we're, as a team, a staff, we're going to be just praying and worshiping and interceding and breaking open heaven. <laughs> One person had to step out and get excited, and everyone else is like, oh, right. <clears throat> that, that we want to invite you to join us for that and just be praying in agreement and, and bombarding heaven. Uh, then we felt called to take an entire day um, to for prayer and fasting. We just close the office and we just pray the entire and worship the entire day. So we're doing that on the 16th which we, when we picked that date, we didn't realize was Yom Kippur, which they just shared about as, as well, the high holy day. 
in the Jewish calendar where they fast and pray, and they spend the whole day in worship in the synagogue. By the leading of the Lord, we just pick that day to cut, shut down the office and just spend the whole day in prayer and worship. That will be live streamed. We want you to be able to join in with us. Then at the end of the 40 days, our, our plan is to have seven days of continual prayer and worship uh, before we move into the building, before we services. And, uh, and that will be open to everyone. Uh, but here's, here's the, the, the catch. We, <laughs> you can pray with us during this time. We, we, we want to have, an, you know, this is the day we're opening. This is the day we're starting. But building in this, this post-pandemic season is kind of crazy. Everything is on back order. Everything is delayed. So we literally are waiting. Primarily, we're waiting for one air conditioning unit. And when that thing comes and gets installed, all lights are green and we get to go. But it's when we get to open is dependent on this air conditioning unit. Can we just pray right now for that air conditioning unit? Let's just agree, Father. We thank you for the release of that air conditioning unit, Father, that you would quicken the process, Father, that they would finish it, that it would be shipped and installed with no problems, that it would be quicker than anticipated, and we would be able to move into the building and have our 24-7 prayer and worship uh, for seven days and, and uh, moving into the building on time. Jesus, we thank you for that in agreement, and everyone's said amen amen so we will we will be able to give you the exact dates as that as that becomes solid but we're going to end the 40 days with seven days of prayer and worship in the new in the new facility and you're all invited to be in person for that so next week in the mornings prayer and worship the 16th prayer and worship and then at the end um seven days of prayer and worship i also uh forgot to mention that by starting on the 7th, we didn't realize when we picked that day, but 40 days from that lands us exactly on the weekend that we're having Danny Silk come to town with the, with the hope of launching into Sunday service. But again, we need that air conditioning unit. So that's your, this is your intercession target, right, for the, for the first week of this prayer and fasting. Um, so that's why we haven't announced it yet because we're waiting on that. But if everything goes right, then then we can have service then. So be praying. Now, I'm going to be talking about this season of prayer and fasting, but um, just finishing this, this service announcement. We're moving into a season of, of prayer and fasting as a team, but we want to invite you as a family because the church isn't made up of just the leadership team. It's church as a family. Thank you again. Oh, yeah. I, can, I have, all I need is one person to believe with me. <laughs> two, two, two will send 10,000 to flight. You and me, we're going to, we're going to bombard heaven. We're, <laughs> that, that, uh, <laughs> I, I like you. Somebody buy him a coffee after service on me. Um, we're inviting you into this season. All together, this is the heart, that all together that we, would, that we would pick this time and that we would set this time aside for the Lord and we would say, Lord, come and have your way. Lord, we're rolling out the red carpet for you. We're, we're positioning our hearts. We're fasting. We're praying. We're laying the groundwork for a mighty move of God 
by your spirit. And we believe that God has impressed. This is not us going, hey, this is a good idea. God, will you come and bless it? No. In prayer, God's saying, I want you to do this. And then God lined it out, the seventh. Rosh Hashanah, the 16th, Yom Kippur, 40 days, Danny Silk, launching into Sunday services. He lined it all out. And we're inviting you into this journey with us. Now, here's the thing. We feel called to bombard heaven. Like, literally, this 40 days feels like a mandate to take spiritual territory, to take authority in the atmospheres in greater ways, to break open new levels, to break strongholds, that there would be a great release and a great outpouring as we move into, the, into this new season, this new building. And we want to invite you to, to join and to partner with that. Now, the word fasting, some people get nervous. <laughs> Listen, there's all different types of fasts. And you can fast whatever, here's what I would encourage you, pray and fast what the Lord shows you. Because if the Lord shows you, you will have grace for the fast. And so, yes, you can, you can do a water fast, and, and it's powerful, but you can do a Daniel fast, which is powerful, which is fruits and, and vegetables and whole grains. You can fast media. Come on. Come on. Come on. Listen, there's some people in the room right here that could use a media fast. Listen, you can use a, uh, you could, you could fast media, you could break it up, you could fast certain things, right? That, that there are seven day fast, 10 day fast, 21 day fast, 40 day fast. You can, you could do four different 10 day fasts. But this is what I encourage you pray and ask God how He would have you partner. And number one is prayer. Everyone can pray, right? And I would encourage you to fast something, right? Even if it's, you know, social media for a season or, or whatever it is. Uh, but we ask you to partner with us. So we're going to talk about uh, prayer, a season of prayer and fasting a little bit tonight. We're going to be in Luke uh, four, five, and six, and we're going to be in Daniel. Anyone love the Word of God? Anyone believe the Word of God is powerful, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to uh, we're gonna jump in in Daniel, but I believe I believe that the Lord has so much. We're going to be in Daniel 10. I believe that the Lord has so much in store for his church. That, listen, we're not, we're not waiting for God to catch up with our desires. God is waiting for us to catch up with his. God isn't, God isn't, God isn't trying to, God isn't considering when to move. God isn't thinking about when to move. He's not, he's not, he, God isn't confused. God already paid the price. Jesus already died on the cross. I'll try that again. Jesus already died on the cross. For you and I, he already paid the ultimate price. He already poured himself out. God already sent the Holy Spirit. 
He already said, wherever your foot treads, I'll give you the land. He already said, you're to be the head and not the tail. He already said, I will be with you until the ends of the earth. He's already done all of this. That we're not waiting for God to move. God is waiting for us to get ready for his moving. He's waiting for us to be convinced enough in our hearts that he's already made up his mind to move. That just felt good to say it. I think I should say that again. God is waiting for us to be convinced in our hearts. To believe in our hearts that he's already decided to move. And that means he's ready to move tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel power in the room. Thank you, Jesus. I feel miracle grace in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that, that you're healing degeneration in the right hip. In the joint of the right hip, Father, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, let your glory come. Father, I thank you for a spirit of intercession that's being released in your body and in your bride. Grip us, Father, with the things that grip you. God, grip us with the things that grip you, Father. Yes, God. God, you've already rent the heavens, God. Now rend our hearts, God. Tear the veil that rests over our hearts, God. Thank you, mighty God. Something powerful is being released. Listen, that's not hopeful. That's not hopeful talk. That is Jesus. That is the recognition that Jesus has already died on the cross. He's already paid the price for our sin. He's already poured out his blood. He's already given the Holy Spirit. He's already done it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's not just hopeful talk. It's biblical talk. He's the king of kings. Let's jump into this. In Daniel chapter 10, we're talking about uh, the, the power of a prayer and fasting and what, and what shifts, what shifts, someone say shift, what shifts in the heavenlies through the power of prayer and fasting. What shifts in the heavenlies, because I believe the invitation literally by God, and listen, here it is again, the same way I said when to pray, because if God shows you what to fast, there will be grace for it. But when God says to go after the heavenlies with more tenacity than ever before, more urgency than ever before, then guess what? He's standing right there with you. Then there's grace for the assignment. And I feel like there's a new assignment of authority and intercession coming on some people in the house right now, tonight, for this assignment. But the assignment is bigger than you. Because when heaven breaks open, you're not the only one that gets blessed. Oh, come on. When heaven breaks open, you're not the only one that gets blessed. Listen, that God is calling those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, who will stand in the place, stand in the gap of intercession, 
But when, but when heaven breaks open, your neighbor who doesn't know anything about Jesus yet gets blessed. When God falls on a city, the drug addict who wasn't praying and fasting for 40 days, they get blessed. The power of God sets them free, but isn't that the way the kingdom works? Whoa. A worker, huh? That when heaven comes and the, and the drug addict gets set free because you've been interceding and you've been standing in the gap, he gets by grace what you worked for. But guess what? You got by grace what someone else worked for. You're standing here because of the intercessions and the prayers and the work of those who have gone before you. And that drug addict who gets set free, now God calls them and they get to set free the next generation. Daniel chapter 10. Once again, do you love the Word of God? That's good because we're about to read a lot right now. <laughs> Daniel 10. We're, we're going to breeze through 19 verses. <clears throat> In the, it's verse 1, Daniel 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, nor meat, nor wine came into my mouth. This is what is referred to as the Daniel fast. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were finished. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes. Listen, he's about to explain an encounter. He went into an encounter. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a, cer a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of upaz. His body was like beryl, and his face was like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude, the voice of the one like many waters. Verse 7, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. And we're going to go on. But Daniel had a vision. The other people around him felt the impact. God's releasing anointing. He's calling us to press in, to break something that is, that it, the blessing is going to be bigger than ourselves and bigger than we can contain. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength, we're in verse 8, no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face. He was slain in the spirit with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on my palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. 
Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. We're almost done. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly the one having the likeness of the sons of men, here it is, touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him, Who stood before me, my Lord, because of the vision? My sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me. Someone say, touched me, and strengthened me. Say, and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for he has strengthened me. And it goes on, he begins to speak to Daniel of things to come, seasons to come, end end time uh, prophecies and promises. But this that we see here is a powerful account of partnership, man's partnership with heaven to see the heavenly realm shift. And Daniel says that he was in a time of of fasting and mourning, it says, for three weeks. And he describes the fast. And and the, the angel tells him that at the very beginning of your petition, of your request, when you set yourself to humble yourself before God and to seek him, God heard you from the very moment. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. But because of the magnitude of what Daniel was going after and the warfare over the promise, how many people know there is an enemy? How many people know the enemy is defeated? Uh, Jesus is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. There is no throne above his throne, no dominion above his. He is the highest authority the creator of all things. The enemy is defeated. But the, reality, but the truth is we need to pull that reality down to earth until it's completely manifest and realized in the here and now. It got quieter. The de- devil's already defeated. Amen? <laughs> but God breathes on his disciples. John 20, it says, as I was sent to the world, so I send you. How was Jesus sent to bring the kingdom of heaven? To represent the Father, to push out all the ways of the enemy, to push back all forms of darkness wherever his foot treads, light comes, the kingdom comes, darkness flees, expanding the truth and the reality of what God has already won. Come on. That's called good news. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. That we get to partner with heaven to see the kingdom invade 
and it's getting ready to invade. I'm prophesying. It's getting ready to explode in new in new and fresh and incredible ways. Way back up in, in verse 1, it says the message was true, but the appointed time was long. The different translations translate it uh, very differently. And, and part of the reason there's so many different translations is that that word long here in the New King James says the appointed time was long. That word long there is, it, it can be great, it can be, uh, it can be width, it can be height, it can be depth. Basically, it implies greatness in volume and, and, and warfare. That they're literally saying that, that the message has great warfare, war, great contending that it has to break through. How do we know that's true? Just go down, and the angel says, on the first day you started praying, your prayers were heard. And I was sent to answer, but there was contention, there was wrestling for 21 days until the breakthrough. That, that the warfare, the word literally is volume, multidimensional. How many people know that in the spirit, our warfare isn't just on one plane. <laughs> that we battle not just against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air, spirits of wickedness in heavenly places, and that we get to take authority not on one plane, but on multiple planes. How many people know that the victory is won in the heavenlies? Come on. Let's just say amen to that. The victory is won in the heavenlies. That the, 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 the contention, the warfare might be multidimensional. Volume. Why? Because it's not just the first heaven. We're battling through the second heaven to get to the third heaven. And to get the third heaven here. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. But how many people know that God's that God's presence, his kingdom is multidimensional. How many people know that when the new Jerusalem came out of heaven, Revelations 20, it had, it had multidimensional length, width, height, depth. How many people know that the love of God, that Paul prays for the Ephesians, in Ephesians 3, that you would know the love of God, that you would know the height, the width, the depth, and the breadth of the love of God. The love of God is multidimensional, and perfect love casts out all fear. Come on, we're about to win a multidimensional battle in the heavenlies. Because we're going to call down perfect love in all of its heights and, and width and depth. And it's going to cast out fear and all of the ways of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Flip over to Luke. Anyone still excited about Jesus? <clears throat> Luke. Chapter 6, we are actually going to, we are going to reverse engineer into something. 
We're going to start in Luke 6, and then we're going to go backwards. But we're, going to, but we're laying a foundation. We're actually going to look at the outcome of something, and then we're going to travel backwards to find the root of the breakthrough for the outcome. Does that sound okay to you? In Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 19. Actually, let's start in 17. Luke 6, 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jer Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. Come on, we're talking about breakthroughs right now. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Woo! And healed how many of them? All. Healed them all. A power was present with Jesus that they just sought to touch his garment. They just touched him, and anyone who touched him was made well. Why? Because power was present. And Jesus, again, John 20, breathes on the disciples, says, As I was sent into the world. Anyone get what I just said? As I was sent into the world, so I send you. And he had such an awareness, such a, a, an operating in the openness of heaven that they just sought to touch him. And they were all healed. Thank you, Jesus. That was Luke 6. Again, we're reverse engineering. Go back to Luke chapter 5. Starting in verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. Listen, come on. That's getting your breakthrough right there. Listen, that is ripping the roof off, literally. That is ripping the roof off to access heaven. Right there. But listen to Jesus' response. How many people know that hunger never goes unnoticed in the kingdom? Listen, you can't rip the roof off to get to Jesus and him not take notice. It's not in his capacity. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Raise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been laying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. This is such a powerful, we could, we could camp here for a week. 
But Jesus, but they start reasoning among themselves, who is this man who has, has power on earth to forgive sin? But Jesus does something profound here. He says, so that you know that I have power to forgive sin, he doesn't just say your sins are forgiven. What does he say? Rise up and go home. He, he says, be healed, and that's how you will know your sins are forgiven. Why? Because Jesus was sent to break the power of sin, death, darkness, and the grave. And when that authority is at play, Jesus paid to break the power of sin. And when he released that authority, the revelation of the man who was sick goes, well, if you did that for me, I must be forgiven. And he got up and went glorifying God. Whoa. There's a display of God's power that is available and increasing. Whew. Anybody want the presence of God to increase in your life? Okay, one more time. We're going back one more chapter to Luke 4. And here we are. Prayer and fasting. In Luke, in Luke 4, verse 1, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let's just camp there for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. There's a, there's a swirl. There's a swirlwind. What is that? There's a whirlwind. It's a whirlwind swirling. I'm going to call it a swirlwind from now on. There's a swirlwind whirling. <laughs> Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Led by the Spirit. We are being led by the Spirit into this 40 days of prayer and fasting. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Yep, that's real. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to be bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then the temptations go on, and Jesus rebukes the temptations of the devil with the word of God. And the devil in verse 7, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And it goes on, and he takes him to the temple and says, throw yourself down. And, and in verse 12, Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an appointed time. Then in verse 14, then, then, somebody say then. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. What do we just read? 
that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. How many people know that, that the power, resurrection power of God, it only moves through what has died and come back to life. That we are called to die to ourselves. That we can be alive to his purposes. That we can actually believe. It's only when you've died to yourself that you actually can come into a place where you believe that God actually, by his grace, not my, not my goodness, not my ability, but by his grace wants to move through me to raise the dead. When you've died to yourself. And you've allowed his word to raise you back up. His spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was tempted. He resisted the devil with the word of God. And at the end, the devil fled. And it says, and then Jesus returned, what? In the power of the Spirit. And what do we read next? That the word of him goes out and people gather around whatever house he's in. Why? Because the power of God is present. That people bring their friend who's paralyzed and they can't even get into the house, but they're so hungry because something real is present that they climb up on the roof and tear the tiles off. And Jesus heals the paralyzed man. And that whatever town he goes into, that the, the, the whole town from the villages all around, they run and gather around him just to touch him. And all those who touch him are healed. Thank you, Jesus. There's a power that's about to be released. <laughs> but, but the power that is released isn't about our goodness. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe I'm the only one that needs to hear that. It's not about our goodness. It's about his. It's not about our works. It's about the work that he's already done. It's not about our perfection. It's about his perfection. It's not even about our vision. It's about his vision. It's about his desires, his hopes, his promises, his purposes, his dreams, his declarations. And it just needs someone who will die to themselves to be raised up to a place where we actually believe. That he wants to fulfill all that he says he wants to fulfill. Whoa, thank you, Father. Cass, can you come on back up here? And we're about to get real. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that there, I believe that there's a grace. There's a calling of uh, to believe. Number one is to believe. Like I wanna, I wanna die to myself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, you can encounter the Lord. You can you can encounter the Lord. I've encountered the Lord, and it's changed me. I can look out in the, 
I know people in the audience that have encountered the Lord. And I don't just, <laughs> I don't mean just tingles and, I mean encountered the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he changed me. I encountered the Lord. You've heard this story. I encountered the Lord, literally, open vision. Jesus was standing on the banks of this body of water, so big I couldn't see the other side. And I'm in the natural, I'm on the ground weeping. My, bo in the bo my body, I'm on the ground weeping in the fetal position, tears and snot, but I, I'm going to this open vision, like I'm literally in the vision, and I'm standing in this body of water, and it's so vast, I can't see the outer banks, it just goes on and on, and I'm crying in the fetal position in the natural, but in the vision, I'm drawn to look over my right shoulder, and Jesus is there standing on the bank, and I don't mean like mind, like you know, kind of dream vision, like I'm imagining my, no, I'm like in this vision, like an open vision. Like Paul says, I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body. Like I'm physically experiencing this. And I'm standing in this body of water, and I look over my right shoulder, and Jesus is standing on the bank. And he says to me, this body of water is my presence. And, what you're, and he says to me, what you're experiencing now, you're just above your ankles deep. And I look down, and I'm just above ankle deep. And I think to myself, I'm aware of my body in another dimension, like another realm. But I'm aware of my body, and I'm in the fetal position, weeping, snot, and tears. And he says, this is just ankle deep. But then he says to me, but there's enough here for you to have as much as you want. And he says that, and he motions to the body of water. And out of Jesus, this wave of electric love comes out of him and goes through me. The height. To know the love, the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of his love. That perfect love. That perfect multi-dimensional love casts out multi-dimensional strongholds. And then he said to me, and there's enough here for anyone who's ever wanted any. And I know when he said that, he was, he was talking generations. Anyone who's ever wanted any to have as much as they want. Listen, when he, when he opened the gift, he never shut it again. There's, as much, there's enough here that anyone who's ever wanted any can have as much as they want. And when he said that, he motioned to the water again. And another wave of electric love came off of him and went through me. And I was never the same again. And he knows that story. He was there. He was the one that took me 
rescued me. <laughs> we were friends back in before Jesus in the kingdom of darkness. We were trying to win the wrong race. And we were doing a pretty good job. Jesus got him first, and then he used it to get my brother, myself. This particular meeting, he brought me. He remembers. I went down. One person got up. Someone completely different. I got up off the floor, and I prophesied over a kid who was dabbling in gangs. He was distraught. He was depressed. He was addicted to drugs. And the power of God moved through me and, and broke open his life. And he started weeping. And he had an encounter. And God changed his life. And then I came too. And I realized that I don't know how to prophesy. But it was too late. It was no longer me. But it was Christ in me. Thank you, Father. Listen, I'm about to pray for those who want an upgrade of intercession and permission to have greater encounters. Why? Because encounters aren't just for yourself. They're not selfish. When the breakthrough comes, your neighbor is going to experience. Your children are going to experience. Your coworkers are going to experience. The people that you run across at the supermarket are going to experience it. The person changing your car tire is going to experience it. Listen, it's not just for you. Like, Dan, you have permission to encounter the Lord at a new level. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for those who want it. I believe there's an impartation for intercession moving into this 40-day window and an impartation to encounter the Lord. Am I? Listen. Right, in the, right there in my flesh, I was about to say, encounter the Lord at another level. But the Holy Spirit stopped me and just said, let it be encounter the Lord. <sighs> Psalms 42. As the deer pants... For the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where is your God? Psalms 84, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs. Yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Listen, this doesn't have to be everyone. 
There's some people that you're here, you're visiting. This might be your first, your first time visitors. I'm sorry. Not really, not, not at all. Not, not even a little bit. But, but if that is you, if that is you, if that is you, if something's stirring inside and you, you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you, calling you for an increase of the spirit of intercession in this season and an increase to encounter the Lord, I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to call you forward in just a moment. It's 8.30. Parents are going to have to pick up their kids in just a second. But I want you to hear this. When I say, when I say, power, power of God, come. What happens? I want, I want, even more, I want you to say, power of God, come. Say it like you mean it. What happens, and I'm asking you, individually, not corporately, individually, when you say, power of God, come, what happens? And listen, there it could be all different types of responses in the room, but there's a key I feel like the Lord wants to release right now. And I preached on this the other week, that the Bible refers to two veils in the Spirit. The veil of the heavenly realm that Jesus tore from top to bottom when he died on the cross. Amen? That, he, that Jesus tore that veil, already torn, already torn, already torn. The Bible refers to a second veil that lays over the heart of man. And that that veil, when we turn to the Lord, is taken away. The Bible also says, that it refers to over and over, the circumcision of the heart. What is that? It is the rending or the tearing of the veil that lays over our heart. It's the only thing that separates us from the fullness of receiving what he has. Because he's already decided. He's already released it. Put your hand over your heart. This is going to shift some things for some people. Because in a moment, we're going to pray that prayer again. But some people, many people in the room, you're going to experience something different after this prayer. We're going to pray for God to remove the veil, not from heaven, that's already been torn. The veil that lays over your heart. <laughs> Just say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I give you the veil of my heart. And I ask you to come now. <laughs> and to rend the veil, to tear it open, the veil of my heart. I die to myself that I may receive all that you have for me. Tear the veil. Whew, now let it happen.
Now, you're about to you're about to say, you're about to say, power of God come again. But I want you to listen. My soul, oh sorry, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, oh God. Listen, hunger isn't intellectual. Listen, I'm about to transfer something to you in the spirit. Have you ever been so thirsty, dehydrated? Maybe you're on the, a, a long hike. You lost your water bottle hours without water. You've been working all day. Whatever the type of the type of thirst where you're where you're verging dehydration and your body starts to not want water, long for water. What's the difference? There's a physical drawing. They're like, you would pull the reality of water. Where is water? Where is I need water? Where I want water. I'm longing for water. There's a drawing like a magnet, like a tractor beam of hunger. Your body looking for water. That's what your soul, how your soul was created to long for God. Draw. When you say, <sighs> This time, when you say, power of God, come, I want you to draw with a longing from heaven. Power of God, come. You say it like you mean it, but draw from heaven. Power of God. (sighs) That's it. That's it. Right now, if you want that impartation, I just want you to make your way out of your chair and just come up to the front right now. And you could say it again, power of God, come. But draw, but draw, but draw. Don't draw with your head. Let your, let your soul and your spirit long. Power of God, come. Power, power of God, come. If I can get some guys, I need some men. I need some men to catch. I need some men. The power of God, come. And whoosh. Yeah, cast whatever is on your heart to sing over a power of God come. 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 Whoa, the longing. Whoa, my soul longs. Whoa, it thirsts. Whoa, it cries out. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.